how many years do you think realistically Bryce Harper is going to last in the city of brotherly love? The first time his contra- excuse me, his batting average consistently goes below, below 250. They are remember, and I've said this before, as I welcome you into this 319th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris, Mike Jansen, Chris Luke with you. This is a city that once booed Hall of Famer Mike Schmidt, who ended up hitting 500 and, or excuse me, 621 home runs to the top of my head for a career. And why they boo him again? I forget. Because he had a bad run of play. And the Phillies fans booed his ass. Oh, it's while he was still playing. I was, yeah. thinking, I, I was thinking it was afterwards. No, he was playing. He was playing third base. It was in and around when they won the World Series in 80, and Schmidt was an integral member of that team. And that was a team I remember that had Steve Carlton was unbelievable, the left-handed starting pitcher. Tim McCarver, who loves Deion Sanders, was one of the catchers. He was the personal catcher of Steve Carlton. Um, Manny Trio, the former Cub, was a second baseman. Gary Maddox was in center field, but they booed Mike Schmidt. He had a bad run of play, and he may have booted a ball or something, and it was just the topper, and all of a sudden, the fans went nuts on him. Um, but Bryce Harper finally signed his deal, became official, I believe, on Monday, as we sit here and get together here on, uh, let's see, it'd be the 5th of March, uh, Tuesday, 5th of March. Happy 78th birthday to my mother in Florida. 78 years old. She's been terrorizing me for 53 years. She won't listen. Um, She won't hear that. <laughs> you can keep that in. Um, No, but uh, I, I just, I'm happy, I guess, for the athlete. I think it's way too much to commit 13 years to one guy. That marriage, marriages don't last that long these days. Uh, and this is a very expensive marriage that the Philadelphia Phillies and Bryce Harper have gotten into. Bryce Harper gets a 13-year, $330 million a year contract, no opt-outs, no trade clause, and all every penny, every dime, nickel, penny, dollar of this contract, to my understanding and what I've been told and what I've heard, is it's fully guaranteed. So I, I just... Philly fans are very fickle. The city of Philadelphia expects nothing from ex- nothing but excellence. And except for their football team lately, that's all the excellence that they have really been able to enjoy. The basketball team is coming around, but this is for another day, but does Joel Embiid make it all season long? I don't know. He's been having some knee issues again, has missed some games, but I don't want to get off the topic of the Phillies quite yet. 13 years, $330 million, fully guaranteed, no opt-out, no trade clause. Um, is everybody happy with this, do you think? Or I think John Middleton, the owner, who said before the start of free agency that he might spend stupid money this offseason, and he's brought in not only Bryce Harper now, he brought in uh, McCutcheon from the Yankees, who used to be with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He brought in the second baseman, Segura, from the... Seattle Mariners in a trade. They got the catcher from the Miami Marlins that everybody wanted. JT Real Muto, I believe is how you say his name. So they've had a very good offseason in Philadelphia. But now that you've added this Yahoo, and I say that with all due respect to a lot of fa- to a 
Las Vegas resident, Mr. Harper, but $330 million for 13 years. And if he doesn't produce, he's going to be called a lot worse than Yahoo in the city of brotherly love. I remember when Kirk Cousins signed his $84 million guaranteed over three years, and we thought that was reckless. And then you see Matt Ryan, $100 million guaranteed, and the contract's more than that, etc. But this is just a whole other level. I mean, we were so excited because we thought, okay, there's finally going to be a market correction here. Machado and Harper aren't getting signed. They both won $300 million. Clearly, they're going to, no one wants to spend that much. So they're going to have to take less than that. And everyone's going to laugh and say, hey, well, I mean, you know, you only laugh so hard at uh, a guy making insane amounts of money, but they're going to get way less than they thought because they were greedy. And then in the end, although in fairness, I heard Harper at one point potentially quite a while back could have gotten 45 million right a year. he could have gotten a short-term deal with for 45 million a year from the dodgers jesus that's just it's absurd but why i don't get why this had to happen we were so close here to getting something good this is completely ridiculous what are the odds that he's giving full value for 13 years i don't care how young he is right now that there's too many things that can change he's looked like he's on the downswing of his career already the last like in the last year he didn't look that great batting 225 a lot of the time this is just reckless this is everything that's wrong with sports it's frankly disgusting at all and then on top of everything as if giving 13 years and 330 million is not enough you have to then just make sure you've got nothing you've got no leverage you've got no options you're painted into a corner completely and it's your own doing there's no trade there's no nothing it's just ridiculous and i just i mean the philadelphia phillies deserve to get bitten in the absolutely ass on this. this is laughing at me like bobby bonilla's contract from back in the day with the new york mets and they're still paying him every July 1st, $1 million until the year 2032. And Bobby Bonilla hasn't played for the Mets since 1998. So this one has failure written all over it. And and you know what? I'm going to throw this out here. And I'd love to have a Greg or a Ryan comment on it. But I, I've been thinking about this. Now, supposedly we have heard, and Chris just mentioned it, that Harper was, and I don't know the years, but the Dodgers weren't going to commit a long term. At the beginning number, Bryce Harper was originally offered by the Washington Nationals on the last weekend of the last baseball season. He was offered 10 years, 300 million, 30 million per. He did, flat out said no. He ends up getting 330 million, 13 years from the Phillies. Um, he had a 12 year offer for 312 million from the San Francisco Giants. But here's where I'm coming from. I think there had a lot to do. And I think being from Las Vegas, you would have thought that would have been probably advantageous for him and at least maybe his family to come see him play every now and then if he's in Los Angeles or in San Francisco. And at one time, the Padres in San Diego, were, you know, as you know, were in the sweepstakes for a small bit. But I think he ultimately thought Philadelphia because he says all the good things about I got term and I got the money and I wanted I wanted full-time commitment and I got a no-op clause and all this other good pony you know dog and pony bullshit but people may not know this real sports fans know this you would know this if you're a baseball fan like me Greg knows this I know he does Ryan knows this he has done the best in his career since he's been in the National League with the Washington Nationals, and that's been every year of his Major League career, he's had the most success and hit the most home runs, surprise, surprise, in Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That had a lot to do with it, because if he's going to put up numbers expected of him 
for $330 million over 13 years. He better do it in a damn place that he's had some comfort in, and Philly is the place. Yeah, I'm not going to criticize where he chose or whatever, but the fact that anybody offered him this is just too much, and it's just everything that's wrong with sports. People hear it, and they can't even... They just become numb listening to these kinds of numbers. He'll never spend all that money, and if he does, there's something wrong with him. So it's just, it's not even, it's fine. I mean, it's just, it's too much. It's over the top, and it's, you know, a slap in the face to people that are expected to go to the park, you know, and pay their hard-earned money. The guys just make too much money. This is completely out of line, and, uh, you know, it's it's just going to lead to problems eventually. If there's not going to be a correction, if teams are just going to keep doing this, then eventually they're going to lose teams. You're going to have contraction. You're going to have something going on, and it's just not going to be good. Nobody benefits other than Bryce Harper in this situation. Um, we have, would you consider this to be breaking news? Yeah, it's from today. Yeah. Got it. Then it's breaking news. We have breaking news. We have a, uh, and a, no, it's not Johnny Manziel. <laughs> breaking back into the National Football League as the head no. water boy for the Cleveland Browns. Um, left tackle, and Chris knows this guy a lot better than I do, so I will hand it over, but we have just found out that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have re-signed, is that correct? He was, yep. yeah, re-signed Donovan Smith to a, he's their left tackle, to a three-year $41.25 million contract, $27 million of which is guaranteed, and your thoughts on the left tackle staying as the starting left tackle of your, not your, of the Tampa <laughs> Bay Buccaneers. Well, if for those who aren't familiar with Donovan Smith, imagine that Manny Machado played in the NFL. Oh my God, he's a piece of crap. Uh, well, he's not exactly known for his work ethic. Let's oh, just say. there we go. Let's just say he's one of those guys. <laughs> you know, we're just lucky to. You know, it's his world. We're, we're just, just living lucky in, to it. Be in it. Yeah, right? we're yeah. just we're just fortunate to be able to see him make that much money and be in his presence and all that. And I don't know if he's that cocky as a person, but I know he's not known for an incredible amount of effort on the field at best. He is a pedestrian left tackle, and that's probably giving him way too much credit. He doesn't do anything particularly well. He's just kind of there. And if you're going to truly develop Jameis Winston, or if you're going to try to entice a proper replacement quarterback to come in, if you decide that Winston is a sunk cost, you can't afford to have a left tackle that's subpar. This is just a weird move. I'm surprised that Bruce Arians let it happen. Not that he is the one making the decisions, but the fact that he was okay with it. Maybe he's not familiar enough with Smith. Maybe they didn't consult him. But this is just a bad, bad idea. You take a subpar left tackle with Jameis Winston, who is not looking promising as a real deal type quarterback here. And the Bucks, just as you see them start to, you know, get Bruce Arians and start to, hey, maybe they're going to turn it around and maybe they're going to get serious. Uh, this is just more of the same. I don't feel bad because when they were the most boring team in the league winning the Super Bowl, you know, 17 years ago, I just just so sick of them with Warren Sapp and uh, all that and just Derek Brooks Derek and John Brooks. Lynch and you know yeah, you know yeah, them all yeah yeah and just and yeah and then I had never minded Brad Johnson but he was Trent Dilfer two years later basically right so same sure. th- same thing so I I appreciate the defense wins championships but yeah I and I just said from that moment on I'll never feel sorry for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers especially if they're shooting themselves in the foot twenty seven million why like even if you pay him forty one over three years why do you have to give him so much guaranteed money what's he gonna do leave like I mean 
This is just ridiculous. I don't know if this is just a, a lack of talent evaluation and they just overrate the guy. They're just used to seeing him. Maybe they like him personally because I don't really know much about him personally. Right. I just know he's not Mr. Effort. And so I think that this was a really, really, really bad move. This is the worst contract of the NFL offseason so far. Not that there's been that many, but mostly, pretty much all the other ones that I did see, most of which are more minor players, have been actually very good and very reasonable contracts. Um, you know, and so this is this is just inexcusable, and the Tampa Bay Bucks aren't going to be relevant or good anytime soon. Now they will. The reason they announce this now before the start of the 2019-2020 NFL season, which of course starts next week, March the 13th. Um, that's the start of the NFL season. That's when you can officially start signing free agents and, and whatever else. The official silly season of the National Football League begins on March the 13th. But they now, I would believe that they announce this now so they can use any remaining cap space that they have remaining left from this just completed season. Now they can put that on their pack, on their pack, on their salary cap. Let me get it out straight. That's why I think they announce it now instead of till instead of waiting until uh, the new fiscal year, which again is is March thirteenth. But is there you know we and probably I'm much more at fault than this than you are on all the time we've been together, three hundred and eighteen completed episodes here on episode three nineteen. You've you know obviously stated your case about your distaste of the Jones family, and uh, I couldn't agree more. But the Glazier family running the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> ain't any damn better. I mean, they, I guess, were opportunistic and caught lightning in a bottle with John Gruden when they won the Super Bowl way back when, 2004. But ever since they let Gruden go, I don't think they've been the same. I don't think they've They've had they've made some weird choices. They've made some weird coaching decisions. And then when they get a guy that I thought, i.e. Lovey Smith, that could do something down there, they give him two years. I was never a fan of Doc, Dirk Cotter. They gave him the same amount of time, and yet Lovey Smith took a team to a Super Bowl and actually did something. Dirk Cotter was the offensive coordinator at the University of Indiana once. <laughs> Who was anybody of offensive legit legitimacy? at Indiana University when Dirk Cotter was the head coach. Who gives a shit? So what I'm saying long-winded is I think we got to give a little shit to the Glazer family. I don't think they know what the hell they're doing either. For some reason when I hear that, maybe because it's because both families' names start with GL, but I just <laughs> I just keep thinking of the Glebermans and the Shreveport oh, Pirates yeah. and the CFL. Remember that dog and pony show, as you'd no, say? No, I, well, I don't we, remember that. I remember oh, the Shreveport. Just... I remember that. They weren't an original team in that league, but... No, well, they were. There was just the one year of CFL right. expansion, right, and that right. was in that's what I mean. That was the Baltimore Stallions and yeah. Las Vegas Posse. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Andrew, Andrew Anthony Covillo's first year in the CFL was with the Las Vegas Posse. Oh, I forgot that. That's fun, but no, I mean, yeah, Tampa doesn't know what they're doing here. And like, com let's just compare it to the last two contracts given out before Donovan Smith's today that have been given out in recent days were both to offensive linemen as well. So let's compare. The San Francisco 49ers re-signed guard Mike Person, three years, nine million. A quality blocker, performed very well. He just won the starting job last summer. Yep. Three years, nine million. I don't know if any of it's guaranteed. I don't think so. Like three years, nine million. Wonderful for a really quality, uh, a good quality guard. Wonderful. Eagles re-signed center Jason Kelsey, one year, 11 million. So about the same annual value. 
but only one year, so no risk. If nothing, if any, and Jason Kelsey's one of the top centers in the league. You've got friggin' Donovan Smith, one of the worst left tackles in the league, making the same money and getting more term, three times the term. Are you kidding me? This is just pathetic, and it's totally tone deaf. And you're absolutely right. The Glazier family deserves all of the blame here, other than the GM. And it's just a joke, and it, it's indefensible. I mean, every the great thing about the NFL draft, unlike, say, the NHL draft, is you have lots of pro-ready players there, not just the top five guys in the draft like the NHL. Here, there's tons of guys. These guys are 22. They're not 18, and they're ready to go, a lot of them. You have guys that are 22 years old, and they're friggin' 6'7", 330. And, you, and they can step in, and they are fully grown men, and they can play. And you can replace... I know the left tackle is so important, but you can replace a left tackle much more easily than an equivalent type of a thing in, say, the NHL where the guys are 18 and they're still developing, right? So, I mean, there's no reason to get married to Donovan Smith. And if you do need a placeholder, give him one year then. Like, don't, I mean, just placehold him as, as little as you can. I don't know what they think they're doing here, but this was just totally indefensible and I don't even have an explanation for it. It's just... Totally, totally unforgivable, like I said. Some other news that we've heard uh, that's happened over the last uh, day or so, National Football League-wise, the Baltimore Ravens have cut ties with six-time Pro Bowler, the safety Eric Weddle. Um, surprised? I, I think he probably uh, was better during his days in San Diego. I feel like there's a change going on here. Like, you know that Ozzie Newsome is retired. gone, yep. Eric, you know, he's D, retired. Eric D. LaCosta or something is his name, the new general manager. Okay, and then you've got, like, they let Timmy Jernigan go, whatever, a year or two ago to Philly. And now C.J. Mosley's had a lot of, you know, injuries and that. And he's still great, but I'm not sure that they're, I've heard he might leave. Eric Weddle's gone now. You know, and now they're making the transition to Lamar Jackson on offense. There's just, there's a lot of change in Baltimore. You know how boring the Baltimore Ravens could be to watch next year. Well, no, if you like fumbles, I'm ready for it. <laughs> I'm ready for lots yeah. of excitement. They're going to have to win a lot of games, nine to six. Yeah, and they cut Michael Crabtree. I know. Like, I mean, I don't know what they're what, doing. What wide receiver would go there right now that wants to, obviously, these, this is a, numbers-driven league. And the wide receivers, running backs, the skill position players, they want to put up numbers. They got to put up numbers. Got to put up numbers. And they can only do that when they get a quarterback that can throw to them. No no wide receiver of any ilk, any worth, is going to go to Baltimore because the guy can't get the ball to The best thing that might have happened to Michael Crabtree was getting cut by the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I am not. Obviously not a Lamar Jackson fan. You've got to be two-dimensional. You can be run heavy, but you've got to be able to show some kind of passing capability. Well, like I mentioned, if you look at the advanced analytics from last year, every team that he played, except for one, I think, was in the bottom 10 defenses in the league. Right, yeah. Like, that's all he's played is yeah. the bottom of the... And most of them were in about the bottom, like, like 25th and below. And the game below. that he won, they, they, they thought he was hot to trot, was the Chargers in Los Angeles. But when they re-met in Baltimore in the playoffs, the Chargers kicked the crap well, out. Well, because the Chargers were that one team. I think they were 17th They in were defense. the one team, and they had a bad day. They had a Bucks yeah. at Phoenix Suns night. And then, yeah, they come back and they got to learn, okay, this is what this guy does. He's one-dimensional, like you say. And so we are able to adjust and kick his ass, right? So, yeah, it's going to be bad i think in baltimore next year if they're changing all their guys and they're trying to do this new system that only works against the worst teams in the league 
Baltimore is going to be back. And they're another team that's just been so solid. I mean, like Tampa was back in the early 2000s, like when they won the Super Bowl and after the 0-2 season there. But I mean, the Baltimore Ravens are generally just considered a solid team. Like they play really well at home every year, no matter what. And they're going to be, it's going to be different there. It's going to be different. You know, the most effective weapon offensively for the Baltimore Ravens, and I don't mean this as a joke. I mean this as a really strong opinion that their best offensive weapon next year might be the kicker. Oh, Justin Tucker? Yeah, best kicker in the league. Absolutely. That's a great point. And think, you know what team has got to be just loving this. So you're seeing the Baltimore Ravens change everything and take a very, very risky quarterback, and they've let go of Flacco. He's gone to Denver now. You've got the Pittsburgh Steelers for the first time in history in disarray, and the Cincinnati Bengals suck right now. How much are the Cleveland Browns sitting I there know. saying like, you know, this is this is how we jumpstart this. We win a division title this year and we make the playoffs and everyone can finally move on from the atrociousness of Hugh Jackson. And, uh, you know, they, one, they, they couldn't be happier about what's going on in the AFC North. One and 31. They can put that in their rearview mirror. I mean, yeah, those are all great I, I points. Think, I those think are I all could, a really good points. I think I could win two games in two years with the Browns. I really do. I Well, I, I think those are really good points. And things are lining up very nicely for John Dorsey and Elliot Wolf and Alonzo Highsmith and the drunk guy uh, along with the rest of uh, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, it should be interesting. You know, we've been thinking and wondering what the hell was going on as we continue and talk about some topics that have surfaced in the National Football League and some important dates. Of course, we're now post-combine from the week in Indianapolis. We can certainly talk about that. But And the big date is, again, I've mentioned it a couple times, coming up, the start of NFL free agency, which means the start of fiscal year 2019-2020 season in the National Football League, uh, March the 13th. That's a big day. But we have been wondering here for a long time, between the two of us, is what possibly is really wrong and what don't we know about what the hell happened or what's been going on with Todd Gurley, the all-world running back of the Los Angeles Rams. And you've probably heard this, but it's it's interesting to talk about. Now they're saying he's got arthritis in that knee. Um, is that career-threatening or is that... I mean, I've got... You know, I'm not... First of all, Todd Gurley, I'm 30 years older than Todd Gurley. But I've got arthritis everywhere already, and I can still move fingers. And, you know, I'm not going to be running through NFL defenses, but this isn't career-threatening. This is rehab and some medication and a lot of therapy. And I would think at 20-whatever, early 20s, he's still early enough and flexible enough to sustain this. So do you give any credence to the he's got arthritis already in his early 20s? And is this from the surgically repaired knee? I, I'm assuming it is, but I don't know that. But arthritis is interesting. And I mean, generally you think of it as a, you know, a senior's disease or whatever, but a lot of younger people can get it and everything. I always remember my grandma. She always, ever since I knew her, like from pretty young on, like her hands were quite, her, some of her fingers were really disfigured really? from arthritis. And uh, it's, it's a weird thing, but there's so much now with stem cells. Now that we're finally kind of going full bar on stem cells, which were sort of delayed by... George W. Bush because of, you know, religious things or some bullshit. But anyway, uh, now that we're really going hard on this, I don't know if you saw it was announced today, but uh, I, I had an interesting experience today. So I was I was at work for a few hours and I was reading a story that uh, the second guy ever 
it seems like has been cured of HIV. So I heard about that in London right. or something. Well, with a stem cell, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So stem cells, and, and I mean, I've seen Joe Rogan on his podcast talking about how he's been getting stem cells directed. Oh, yeah, yeah, directed <laughs> uh, like uh, injected directly into his shoulder, I think, and how much they help. And it was interesting because uh, I was sitting next to. Uh, two gay gentlemen uh, at work today and I was telling one of them about hey have you seen this this is interesting and then the other one who's brand new at work just started there just turned to me and he said uh, I've however he worded it, he's like um, I've been living with for 20 years and uh, in the for the last 10 they haven't been able to find any trace of it and basically in he started in 99 on uh, on some medication and we're some version of what this is apparently and for the last 10 years, he's they, like, they think he's cured, but he, they can't. It's such a such a crazy thing to claim. Yeah. And so, but yeah, for the last 10 plus years, they haven't been able to find any trace of it in him at all. And he's just continued taking the drugs just in case type of a thing. So it's interesting how far we've come. And then we combine that with, you know, this is a different thing, but what the Israeli scientists with the curing cancer what they're saying about that. And it's interesting. We're suddenly hitting all this stuff all at once. Yeah. It's, it, it's very, very interesting. But to answer your question about Todd Gurley, when I hear that we're curing AIDS and cancer, I, it feels, <laughs> I feel optimistic about a guy's arthritis knee. Is, uh, arthritis, arthritis is kind of low yeah. down on the, on the totem pole. Yeah, whatever whatever's out there, I'm sure he's going to get some stem cells injected into his knee. And whatever else they've got, uh, Todd Gurley's going to get the best medical care on well, the face of the Well, and you know, the last couple of years, w- last couple of years when... Um, Kobe Bryant was still in the league playing for the Lakers. He would go to Germany specifically to get these stem cell injections in his knees. So if he can do it, I would think Todd yeah. Gurley would have the accessibility to, to have that same procedure yeah. done to him. Um, you know, NFL combine is over. Uh, mixed results on a lot of guys. We had a, what was the number again? It was at 4.41, 40-yard dash time. Was that about right for Marcus Sweat? Or was Montez Sweat? Mon- whatever, Mar- Montez Sweat. Uh, he might be a Packer. You might even need to learn his name. When he is, I'll learn it. What is it, Montez? Yeah, M O N T E Z. Yeah, or Z okay. has as. Uh, if he becomes a Packer, I'll learn his freaking name. Um, but until that day, uh, Mr. Sweat, uh, outside linebacker slash defensive end at Mississippi State, runs an all-world forty-yard dash time for a guy that's two hundred and sixty pounds. He supposedly catapulted himself up to the top 10. He probably, they're saying now, he won't make it down to Green Bay at 12. Um, The other end of the spectrum was a guy that the Packers were also looking at. And supposedly this guy says that the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers were disrespectful of him in their questioning as as they try to, you know, they conduct these interviews to try to find out about the person. And obviously... Jolie or whatever his name, Polite or Polite or whatever, the defensive end, uh, outside linebacker from the University of Florida. Um, Doesn't seem to be the sharpest knife in the drawer. Seems to be had his, you know, he had uh, a little bit of, you know, he had his uh, feathers ruffled a little bit by some of the questions asked and why he's a little soft and you know, why, you know, they're asking personality questions. You're trying to get into an overpaid elitist league like the National Football League, and you're worried about a few questions that teams ask you. If they're going to overpay you, young man, millions of dollars starting in early September of this year, go fuck yourself. 
Okay, but in fairness, we've talked about this last year. We talked about how some of these questions are so... I get that. I'm just so sick of them. They're so... It's just a bunch of dumb jocks trying to be like, oh, look what I can do. Like last year when they're asking the guy if he's gay and if if his mother was a prostitute. That was Darius Geist, remember? Yeah, I remember and now, that. Now, th- this year they asked one of the guys if he has both his testicles. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, really? Oh, dumb jocks in business. How cute. Why don't you go fuck yourselves? Like, I'm well, just... I'm tired of this, really. These guys, even in the first couple of rounds, for sure, are going to be making more than anybody else in their graduating class, if they even took the time to graduate. So answer their fucking questions and shut the fuck up. I'm sorry. I get where you're coming from, and absolutely. But let me tell you, in my situation, I'd love to be offended like that. Do I have both of my testicles? I think so. If someone's going to overpay me what they're going to be paying these yahoos, I'll ask them any question I want. What sexual position do I like the best? I'll tell them. God damn, I'm just so goddamn tired of people that just, you know, they're offended or they're disrespected. Try living in the real world and you were too stupid to even go get a University of Florida degree which isn't on one of the most recognizable universities in the world in regard to the world of academics anyway, you moron. God, I'm so tired of it. No, and fair enough. I, I appreciate what you're saying that they, uh, you know, if someone's saying they got they got disrespected or they're offended, they yeah, they can go fuck themselves then for sure. But I am not going to give some dumb, overgrown jock who's now wearing a suit any credit for being <laughs> creative because he came up with... Like, what fucking moron couldn't come up with you have both your testicles? That's like the first question... I get that. ...that but... a grade five kid... If you ask, hey, if I had to get you to ask somebody a question that'll make them giggle or, or throw them off, oh, you have both their balls? <laughs> Fuck off. Like, seriously, get some creativity. Get to, oh, are you gay? Is your mother a prostitute? Like, those are the top three things a grade five kid would say in the fucking sandbox if grade five kids still play in the sandbox. Honestly, there's no creativity. You I think, think that's what in the grade five sandbox they're talking about taking it doggy? No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Good thing I can't be offended. Good grief. So we, okay, so we, 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 uh, Mike backdoored in his favorite uh, position there. That's what happens. Oh, no. I'm just having some fun. Anyway, Um, yeah, the combine. But I want to take issue with one thing at the combine. Well, a million things. Please. There's a gentleman named DK Metcalf and, uh, wide receiver. And holy shit, this guy's a gym rat and he's just like, the most amazing, like you put him beside other huge jack dudes, and he's a huge jack dude in comparison, and he's great. But I want to say one thing: they reported that his body fat was one point six percent, and as somebody's what? been, no, it's not possible. No, I was going to say. Well, I mean, sorry, that is possible to have, but not if you're a professional football player and you're not like you haven't severely dehydrated yourself in order to step onto stage and a professional bodybuilding competition, or you're dying. One of the two. There is no way that's and one point and he looks great and he's jacked and he's ripped. That is not what one point six percent looks like. One point six percent, you know, it's one point six percent. That is obscenely low. That is like contest, you know, professional bodybuilders. Oh, you'll see everything. Yeah, gotcha. and so I mean, it's the guys like that's one point six percent is like when the guys are you know 
competing professionally, the top bodybuilders in the world, and they've dehydrated themselves. And you literally, you know, you need to see everything because that's how you win the competition. 1.6% is ridiculous. And that is not true. I don't care what anyone says. DK Metcalf has more than 1.6% body fat. So uh, I, I but I mean, I know for a fact that that is wrong, 100% for sure. So if they're getting that wrong, what else are they getting wrong, which is concerning to me. But yeah, everyone's all obsessed with the 40 times and there's been amazing ones. There's like record 40 times for this position and that position and like, oh, for this guy, for guys who are 330 pounds, this is the best 40 time ever and all this. It's like, yes, we know athletes are getting better and nutrition's getting better and training's getting better and equipment and gear is getting better. I got it. That's great. But that doesn't necessarily translate to on the field and you're still trying to replace... Uh, you're still trying to replace actual proper scouting and talent evaluation with a bunch of friggin, you know, gym class drills. And it's totally ridiculous. And by the way, that's the other thing that pissed me off, too. Everyone is saying now it is a done deal that Kyler Murray is going first overall to the Arizona Cardinals. And talking speaking of Tampa Bay Bucks of the world and the others. The other, <laughs> the other uh, franchises that the don't Bidwell deserve... The Bidwell family in the Arizona. Yeah, and they don't deserve any uh, sympathy or anything at all. A team that has now spent a 10th overall pick on Josh Rosen and then a first overall pick potentially this year on a guy who barely measured 5'10 when they had reported he'd be 5'9. All of a sudden, magically, he's 5'10 and something. Uh, but even that is short by today's standards unless you're magical like Russell Wilson. To waste two high first-round draft picks, a 10th and a first overall on two quarterbacks, one of which has already a bust and the other one which it's a long shot, it's just irresponsible. This is what happens when hype goes out of control. And uh, a lot of other smart GMs, I think, have tricked Steve Kime into taking the wrong guy in this draft when he should take Nick Bosa or anybody except Kyler Murray. We've got a run on this 319th episode of Unscripted. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Hope that you continue to do so. For the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.